Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature figurative painter Ludovic Nkoth. He was born in Cameroon and lives and works in New York City. He completed his BFA at the University of South Carolina and holds an MFA in painting from Contra College. Ludovic has been in several solo and group shows. Recent solo exhibitions include Transferred Memories, Work No Day, in 2022 at Massimo Di Carlo Gallery in London, and Don't Take This To, 2021 at Francois Gabelli in Los Angeles. He was featured in the group exhibition Fire Figure Fantasy in 2022 at ICA Museum in Miami, as well as in group exhibitions at Ross Kramer in New York and Jeffrey Deitch, LA. Ludovic's work is held in the collection of the High Museum of Art in Atlanta and the ICA Museum and Perez Art Museum in Miami and the X Museum in Beijing. Enjoy this episode featuring Ludovic Nkoth. Ludovic, welcome to my Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. Thank you, Phyllis. It is such a pleasure to be here with you today. So let's get started. When did you discover your artistic passion? Um, I want to say it was around uh, my time in Cameroon as a very, very young child. I was just always fascinated with the idea of being able to uh, directly recreate my environment through uh, my hand, you know. Um, I was always fascinating with the idea that I could sit in front of a building or, you know, some a mango tree and actually depict what a tree feels like or what I'm feeling from that tree. And it was through this process that, you know, every day I was just being in the kitchen or outside just drawing whatever I could and also just Cameroon is such a beautiful and uh, colorful space that my whole life I could just go anywhere and be influenced or be inspired by uh, just the day-to-day life. Yeah, that's beautiful. And was a particular artist or painting that influenced you early on? You know, <laughs> my my journey to uh, the art world and art history has been very interesting because I wasn't introduced to art as a career till I think my late high school and early um, undergrad. So whenever I started drawing, the only artists that I could see were comic artists and artists, illustrators that would draw mangas. So it wasn't until late in my high school life that I was introduced to artists such as Jack Witten, Norman Lewis, and Ed Clark that 
to this day, I still feel as if they're existing in these studios whenever I'm creating. How would you define your practice? Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because the beautiful thing is that whenever I come in here, a lot of the times, sometimes I know what I'm going to do and sometimes things just speak to me. So I guess to describe my practice, I would say it's just a documentation of every breath I'm taking in this world in a way. I like that answer. Do you listen to music while you work? Oh, all I listen to is music. Uh, music, music. I have such a deep relationship with music. Um, so whenever I moved to uh, the States, I uh, moved to South Carolina. And this was in 2007. And my English wasn't there yet. So my introduction to English was really through the South. But around that time, what was really popular around the South was um, hip hop and Southern hip hop music. And for me, because I was this young uh, black African kid moving into the South and trying to fit in. So, you know, my first instinct was to go towards that. And after listening to a lot of them, I actually started understanding more English the more I listened to music. So a lot of my influence came from an artist and he's still one of my favorite musician, hip hop musician to this day, who was Lil Wayne. And just his play on words and his understanding of how elastic the English language is and word was just mind-boggling to me. And I took that and to this day, some words that I can't pronounce, I'll refer back to uh, some old music just to remember how to say some of these words. <laughs> and now in my studio, it's just full of amazing jazz. Music is everything, isn't everything that I do. Mm -hmm. Are there concepts or thoughts that connect your work? Um, yes. The primary concept would be uh, the idea of family, you know, because in a way that's um, the one thing that whenever you enter this world is yours. And throughout art history, family has been depicted a certain way, you know. Um, we've had kings and queens and uh, families that could afford to have their portraits made. And those are the people that would talk about in history and outside of the artists that were making the works, you know. So in my concept of family, I try to think, okay, how do I put myself in this lineage of uh, art history? And also how do I open the conversation to be bigger than myself and my family? And when I go for my family, then I start digging in, okay, where's my family from? Where are their people from? What's the history behind that? And how do they occupy the spaces for their end right now? So just starting with the concept of family, for me, opens up the dialogue just for so many different avenues. And as of right now, you know, those are the main concepts that I'm more interested in. Did you ever consider abstraction? You know, Phyllis, if you were in the studio right now, you would know I'm an abstract painter. <laughs> um, you know, in the, in the, and I don't say that to uh, take anything from uh, abstract painters that I actually know and that are actually known as abstract painter. Uh, my works come off as very figurative, but throughout my process, my paintings actually start as abstract paintings. Um, and you can only see that when you're actually looking really, really close into my paintings, which is the underpaintings, um, they develop as abstract works. And after a few days of them drying into these amazing field of abstract expression colors, I come in and actually try to uh, define opposition figures in between these worlds to build a bigger story, you know? So, and because I'm 
I love artists like Norman Lewis and who was a pioneer in pushing just expression with color. And another one like Ed Clark, who just was very into moving uh, the paint and the body. I'm more interested in how, you know, paint moves across a surface right now. So yes, my paintings are finished as figurative works, but I think whenever you get closer to these things, they're, they open up into a field of what could be also seen as abstraction. Hmm. And when do the titles of your paintings enter the creative process? Uh, so this is where like, um, well, let me answer that in two parts. Uh, the way they, they enter my process at different times, you know, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, I was having lunch with um, a friend in my studio and we're talking about a very serious conversation. Um, but while I'm listening to the conversation, because I mean, my mind just went somewhere else. And then I had to apologize to her, but I had to pause the conversation, a very important conversation that I was listening to, but I had to pause to go write down the title of the painting that just came to my head, you know? And that was the title of a painting that I started a while back, but I hadn't even looked at in a long time. So titles find their way into the work sometimes even before the painting, the idea of the painting exists. And sometimes a few months or days after the painting has been made. So a lot of the titles come from um, also music and just the idea of playing with words sometimes. Um, again, if we reference back to an artist like Little Wayne, who was very, who is very versed on uh just the language, which he doesn't get credit for, but the way he manipulates words to build things like double entendres, triple entendres on just simple words is something that's very interesting to me. And that could be carried on to my paintings because yes, I'm painting these figures and these black figures, but they're a representation of so many other things, you know? Mm -hmm. How would you define black art? Mm. Wow. Um, that's, that's a big one. How would I define Black art? Um, well, I would define Black art as the center of uh, art, as the mecca of art, because when you think about art history, even the Europeans like Picasso were taking from, you know, Black art, art that was not discovered to, you know, Western world, but art that was already in our everyday uh, lives back home on the continent. And even to this day, when we think of uh, contemporary work, what is contemporary work shaped from? It's shaped from a lot of the forms that exist in a lot of these masks that we have back home and even in the moves that we express during our rituals. If you think of an artist, for example, like uh, one of my favorite artists, Nick Cave, a lot of um, his uh, sound suits originate from a lot of traditional wares that we put on for a lot of our ceremonies. So for me, Black art is just... Uh, the mecca of art because it started with us and it's not going to end anytime. Uh, but I just think uh, black art is the mecca of art, in my opinion. What are you excited about now? Oh, Phyllis, I am excited about so many things. Um, specifically right now, because this is I've, during my early and young career that I'm still figuring out, I haven't had a lot of time uh, to set to work on like a specific body of work or just a specific show. You know, a lot of my projects are 
always so one after the other that a lot of the times I have only a few months to uh, develop ideas and concept and actually produce these works. So now this year, I've managed to arrange my schedule in a way that I'm allowed or I have enough time to actually think and plan out the craziest uh, pieces and just spend time with, you know, works. So what I'm most excited about right now is just enjoying time that I have to spend developing these works and just the fact that I have time <laughs> to work. And it's summertime. Uh oh, my goodness. <laughs> If you weren't a visual artist, what career path do you think you would have followed? Oh, Phyllis, that is very easy for me. I would be a chef. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a very great cook, uh, if I may say so myself. And I'm sure uh, a few of my friends and loved ones would agree. <laughs> <laughs> How do you keep learning? How do I keep learning? Uh, I just keep making mistakes. Uh, I keep exploring. I allow myself to be vulnerable to the elements. You know, um, I don't approach things as someone that knows, I approach them as a curious mind. Um, One thing that I do in my practice that allows me to always be a student too is that um, after a big body of work, like uh, whenever I opened my solo at Massimo, um, the call in London early um, April, after a big body of work as such, I would take a month or two out of the studio and I will not touch anything to create or anything to make, you know, I would just be conceptualizing ideas and thoughts and just processing life and experiences. So what this does for me is whenever I step back into the studio, I, of course, I know how to paint, but the painting and the movement changes because the way I was painting before I stepped out of the studio becomes a bit automatic in a way because, you know, muscle memory. And whenever you start painting five paintings, after five paintings, you're not painting anymore. It's just your body moving. So what this two or one month do for me is it breaks that cycle and it allows me to approach painting and the canvas in a, not a newer way, but in a refreshing sense and touch. And it's like, um, if you go two months without doing a specific dance move, how do you do that dance move when you come back? You know, you're going to do the same dance move, but something about the language is going to be a little different, you know? I like that. What does your workspace look and feel like? Oh, my workspace feels very warm. Uh, It looks like uh, heaven, uh, if any of us have ever seen it. It's a very, very, very welcoming space. Like I said in our last talk, my studio is split between an art studio and a small music uh, studio because I love playing with sound as well. So... My studio, I have this beautiful checkerboard on the floor that uh, my brother helped me uh, install. And then because my works, like I was saying before, are very abstracted at the beginning. So they begin, the process begins on the floor. So my floors are covered with paint from the entrance to the window on the wall. And it's just a beautiful creative space that as soon as you walk in, you just want to do something or make something or just ponder on some creative avenues. I'm not even sure. It's just a beautiful place to uh, sometimes even just to come sit in. Can you compare the inspiration between creating a visual work versus music? Uh, Wow. Um, You know, I'm not too sure how a musician uh, mind works, but if I was to guess, I would say 
a lot of them have um, a, a certain audience that, you know, they pay attention to. And a lot of times for musicians, they have to follow a certain trajectory, you know, because a lot of their works and the way they um, make a living comes back from people actually liking what they do. But as an artist, as a painter, sometimes people don't like what I do and that's part of what I do, you know? So my work um, comes from not a specific audience or a specific um, way of uh, arriving at odd, odd people. So for me, the work of an artist is more freeing in a way because, or liberating because I can come in here and exactly what I feel about the world or what I feel about myself, I can depict exactly that. And I understand musicians can do that as well, but not every musician can put that out in the world, you know, without that mask or whatever um, persona they've had to build for their careers. As an artist, I'm able to just be myself at every second of my life and really give the world just me. Mm-hmm. Do you feel your audience understands your work? Um, you know, it's interesting, Phyllis, uh, because I, I think my audience understands my work. But then again, when I think of my audience, I can't help but to also think of my people back home, you know, specifically in Cameroon. So, for example, whenever I'm making a lot of these for, for the longest, I was making a lot of masks. Whenever I was hanging some of these masks in this part of the world, you know, it was being understood, but it was being received for a different thing or a different purpose. But whenever I would show these masks to my people back home, they would just receive it as a different thing and understand it on a different uh, level, if that makes any sense. So I do think my audiences understand my work, but I also think I'm fortunate to have different uh, point of view and perspective in life coming from Cameroon. So I think it's always interesting to um, play with those two worlds and even thinking of those two as different audiences or the same audience. What materials do you use in your work? Um, You know, primarily um, I use um, acrylic uh, paint, but also I, uh, I make watercolors and that was actually my first love. Um, as of lately, I've made um, works with, you know, uh, found objects, uh, curry shells, and a little bit of, I'm a very curious painter. Um, a lot of the times, whenever I'm painting, I scratch into the canvas, into the paint, I move the paint. So I'll be in here painting with um, the back of a paintbrush, the end of a paint tube, uh, a nail I'll found on the wall that's not hanging anything. I'll use that to scratch into paint. So pretty much whatever is next to me and can be an extension of my body is what I use as a tool in my uh, creating process. And what do you enjoy most about being a visual artist? Oh, it's it's so hard to pinpoint that. Um, But if I was to do so, I would say I would enjoy um, how human it allows me to feel, you know. Um, I... I'm fortunate enough to be able to sit with my emotions and my feelings at any time of the day and actually process them. And I always see the result of the process because it arrives into paintings or whatever it is that I'm creating at the time. So I, I'm not sure if that answers the question, but that's that's probably um, 
the best part about this. It allows me to be a full human. I like that answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've really enjoyed our talk, and this is going to be our last question. All right. Your answer can be as long as you want it to be. Oh, don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you feel is the purpose of art, and, and what is your role? Oh, wow. Um, okay. For me, I would say um, the purpose of art is, um, is to be used as a, a compass in um, our world. Um, for me, for example, art has helped me navigate through uh, my darkest point of life and um, through my hardest point of life. You know, coming from a different world to this world was very very new but also very somewhat traumatizing but i've always had art to navigate through that and i think a lot of us go to these museums and to these uh galleries because we're looking for mirrors to allow us to see where we stand and allow us to see where we can go so i think the purpose of art again is a compass just to subconsciously and consciously help us just navigate through a lot of the things that we create uh, for ourselves and just things that were here before us as well. The role of an artist, my role specifically, I would say is just to um, start conversations and point out some of the things that I feel as the world um, isn't paying too much attention to, give voice to uh, those that might not have the voice that I have because I know what that's like uh, coming from where I come from. The role of an artist is an educator, you know, art is an intellectual sport and it's one of my favorite sports. So I think the role of an artist is to find new ways to connect our world uh, from the physical to the, the psychological and to uh, subconscious and just bringing all that together is the role of an artist and to really showing us where we stand as a people. This has been a wonderful conversation. I've loved your answers. Thank you very much for joining me today. Phyllis, it was such a pleasure. Thank you for allowing me to be on your platform. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.